An album a day is my exploration into the Korean music scene. This podcast will cover mainstream, indie, and some underground artists within the scene and provide both factual and opinionated commentary. The biggest benefit to sharing my thoughts this way is that it will hopefully expose you to more great music and exploration of your own. Well, hello there, and welcome back to season three of An Album A Day. Oh my gosh, it sounds wild to say something is in its third season, and uh, it just, it it came so fast. (laughs) It came so fast. So um, when we ended season two, we did not know that the world was going to go in the direction that it's going in. So I am so hopeful that you are healthy and doing well in the apocalypse. I mean, that is what's going on, so... Please take care of yourselves and your loved ones and each other. Stay in, stay clean, stay covered up. Don't do anything foolish. It's not worth it. Um, I didn't plan on starting the season with the special episode. I was anticipating it a little bit later. Um, but of course, those guys who seem to be on my show a lot, Super M, they had a special event, something that was truly innovative that was worth acknowledging. There are others that are coming up, but I wanted to speak about this one particularly, and we'll get into it after the drop. You're tuned into an album a day. Show start. I'm noticing that the the microphone that I use for work, my headset makes a very uh, a very inconsistent audio recording. It kind of switches from the left to the right speaker. So I apologize for that. You know, we only have one more week left of me having ridiculous audio issues. I promised y'all that things would improve. Um, I was on my way to having an actual studio, but uh, now it'll just be a studio apartment. (laughs) So we'll be able to have some really solid recordings uh, the week of May 3rd going forward. Excited about that. But currently what we're dealing with, you're going to have the audio kind of go back and forth. And I mean, honest to goodness, with me being up at 4.10 a.m. on Sunday, April 26th, you're going to get what I give you, okay? And we just going to go from there. So during the apocalypse so far, all concerts, all entertainment has been canceled, sporting events, the whole nine yards. Well, BTS big hit entertainment being uh, on top of demand as best as possible. They provided a weekend full of all of their concerts from debut year all the way to the most recent tour. And it was free of charge on their YouTube channel. Basically, there was a point in time where people couldn't even get on YouTube to access the channel because it was just slamming and jamming that much. I stayed up for some of the festivities Uh, It was lit. I'm not going to lie. It was really, really exciting. In the midst of that, around the same week that it was announced that Big Hit would do this, there was a press release that came out in Korea and then um, nationwide that Super M and a few other acts at SM Entertainment, specifically Wavy, NCT Dream, and NCT 127, were going to have online uh, concerts as well through the VLive app, and they were going to be charged. They were not going to be complimentary. People went to the internet, myself included, griping about it a little bit. 
wanting to know why it was a charge when people are losing their jobs and unemployment is at an all-time high globally right now. There's multiple people suffering and struggling and you want to hit us with a charge for a concert that's going to be online. Okay, well, it's going to be some new music and some new innovation. And Well, innovation is always new. So saying new innovation is redundant. But innovation and advances in technology that you won't want to miss and uh, fan engagement and blah, 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 blah. Okay, fine. It was 30 U.S. dollars. At this time, I have $30 to spare. And given the circumstance that they are the first group to do it, me toting around saying I'm your favorite foreign Korean music historian. I can't say that I'm a historian and then intentionally avoid a historical moment because I don't want to pay for it. So I paid the 30, (laughs) paid the 30 and prepared myself for whatever it was going to be. I didn't really know too much about it, but I did see the press release the week that BTS announced their festivities And I did see all of the hoopla the week thereafter coming up for this. All right. The event happens beyond live. It was yesterday, April. Well, technically, (laughs) technically is today. It's April 26th that I'm recording this. So it happened in April 26th, Korean time. And then it was streamed in, I want to say, more than 200 countries around the world. Very impressive. Super M did a concert and a after concert engagement, even a pre-concert engagement that was longer than their actual tour or any time anyone has seen them perform. And the other thing that made it so interesting, so exciting is the fact that the technology that was used, they used um, 4K cameras with 3D functionality and things of that sort. The choreographies were situated as such so that whoever was in charge of the camera could give you one-on-one moments with each act while you are watching the entire scene take place. Like it was, it was as if you were on the stage with them. It was impressive. Technologically, no one else has done this, not to this level. There is a venue at SM Town Museum that has its own concerts and things of that sort. And VR concerts aren't anything new in Korea. But this, this was a, this was different. (laughs) This was really, really different and extremely interesting. Um, Something that made it both exciting from from a performance piece is the fact that, okay, we're familiar with this choreography, but there can be adjustments to it to accommodate spacing for, for the LED stage that they were on and the, the visions that can be uh, broadcasted through that and whatnot. Um, But it was exciting to see it, but it was, it was, it was sad too, because it's showing that the, the demand for in-person concerts is, is still, achievable at a digital distance. And that means that the live experiences are most certainly going to be at a greater premium. Um, Before this even kicked off, something that had never been done before, Fortnite, the very, very popular game, had a Travis Scott concert. Fortnite had a concert for Travis Scott and 
thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people participated in that, creating a space where they feel it's necessary to be able to do such a thing again. And just seeing these changes, these rapid changes in entertainment, it's going to impact things a lot. But I can't lie and say that I wasn't enjoying the fact that for $30, I was able to be comfortable in my pajamas in the comfort of my home with headphones on and enjoy an experience where there was live interaction with some of the fans who were in attendance, just the same as if I was at an actual physical concert. That was exciting. So I don't know. I, 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 I It's safe to say that's a, a catch-22, that this is a good thing that the train can keep going, but it won't be the same for a very long time. Concerts were already financially difficult for a lot of people to experience. And I've been going to concerts my whole life. I honestly have. Music has always been prioritized in my family and my world in that way. So having those in-person experiences are going to become much more exclusive now and much more difficult to come about because you do not have to spend the money to have an artist present. It's just not, it, it, this show, it's not a necessity. There were some things with the technology that could have been improved upon. Uh, microphones and internet speeds are not the same all over the world. And people in Korea are exceptionally spoiled. I know it from first person experience that having the fastest internet speed in the digitized world you forget that other people have slow connections. So there were some instances where the communication wasn't as consistent with the fan base, but that didn't prevent all of us from interacting and just having a really good time, just having a good time as a fandom. Uh, We still have no fandom name. I don't know why that matters for me to have to share that, but I just, I felt like you should know we, we still lack that. Um, It was pieces of the tour that we've already seen for those of us who either physically went or saw the fan cams. And then we did have an opportunity to hear some new music, which was really, really cool. Um, They even did a full performance of one of their newer songs. I don't know why they won't tell us when they drop in this album. Maybe at the time of me recording this, since it's Buttcrack early in the morning, they've made that announcement in the after show that's going on for the concert. Like, you literally are getting, let's see, one, two, three. You literally got like three and a half to four hours of entertainment for 30 bucks you can't beat that you really can't and they were genuine about their disappointment with not physically having the fans present and they understand the the necessity of it for safety purposes it was encouraging to see that our presence matters and it impacts them in ways that we might not have really thought about initially So it was good to see the guys in that regard and to hear them honestly uh, commentate on that. Um, But yeah, in in the the spans of hearing and seeing new music, uh, they drummed up some controversy for themselves. Now, I am not taking a stance on this. I am simply about to share with you information. You know, I always provide disclaimers and that's my disclaimer for this. One of their songs is called Line Em Up, and there was a particular demographic that took offense to one of the choreography moves. Um, some have identified online that it was mocking Indian uh, dance. 
Others are saying, have we not just gone through this with the other group called ATs? They still not on the list, but they coming real soon. We coming out of these numbers soon. <laughs> um, but have we not gone through this with ATs? They're doing a cultural, a, a cultural dance, a Korean dance. There's a bit of debate going on. There were people in the live stream for the V Live uh, making an announcement saying, you know, that they were concerned about the concerned about the choreography. There's an email petition being planned and this, that, and the third. There are a lot of actions taking place. I watched the performance and because I'm not Indian, I did not identify something as an issue. What I saw is what I understand to be Korean dance. Korean dance has influences from shamanistic things, ritual dances, which also have Confucianism and Buddhist influence. There's court dances. Um, traditional dances have been adapted over the years for, for, the, for the modern audience. There's, until it's addressed, we don't have a specific way to know whether or not they were emulating traditional dance or if they were emulating Indian dance based on the influences of the music, but the music didn't distinctly sound Indian to me. But again, let me clarify. These are my opinions. These are my thoughts. I am not Indian. I will not know as a first person experience whatsoever. So it should be interesting to see how that'll be uh, addressed, if at all. It reminds me a lot of when uh, CL from 21 had her song Men Boon and they sampled a prayer in it unbeknownst to them. They just thought it was something that sounded dope. Not knowing other cultures and not knowing the nuances, that's going to be something we continuously collide with in the world of entertainment. And the more that these gentlemen or any of these labels reach out and uh, interact with choreographers and or producers or steal from... <laughs> but that's a story for another day still from uh, other artists, the more these conversations are going to surface. But, um, you know, you keep up with it on your own, look into it, see how you feel about it, this, that, and the third. I don't know why we don't have an album announced. Going back to the, the, the genuine focus, I don't know why we don't have an album announced. You get on stage, you do your performance, you know we salivating for it. We have not gotten anything new in months, months, the album, their debut album dropped six months ago. And they're still considered rookies, despite the fact that we know them from other groups. Y'all gonna have to give me something else. Like I just, all I wanted to do was after the concert, after all my enthusiasm and whatnot of seeing everybody in high definition camera and not missing any choreography or having to feel like my eardrum was going to explode because people was yelling in my ear. All I wanted to do was just go on my favorite streaming platform and just type in super M and just see that it says new release. It does it. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. It say 2019 Super M, the first mini album. And then 2019, Let's Go Everywhere, which was the promotion song for Korea Air. Why y'all do me like this? <laughs> like, I don't feel like I'm asking for too much. And certainly other fans don't either. If you could just find it in y'all's heart and your time and your schedules. It ain't like y'all got anywhere to be. If you could just go ahead and put the, the final touches on the album and just smack me 
with a track or five, I would like that so, so deeply. I've come to the realization that I don't know half the Korean songs that I thought I did because I stay in a pocket of certain songs and they happen to make the, the cut. I know all the words. Okay. I know some of the, I know a good chunk of the words <laughs> to a lot of the uh, songs on their de- debut album. And I'm just, I'm ready for more. I'm genuinely eager for more. Um, so yeah, thank you for performing some new stuff, but where is the music? We want the new music. Like, I don't think that's asking too much. I really don't. And perhaps it's strategic more than likely it's strategic. They don't want to drop anything too prematurely, but like, ain't nobody else doing nothing. Like got seven already did what they did and they are my babies. And they already hit their number ones and, and life is good. And Beatus is going to be coming back with something soon enough. So like everybody make way. This is possibly the year that we will hear from the remaining of Big Bang. Like it's some stuff going on that's going to be hard to contend with. If y'all don't drop this album in the next two weeks, <laughs> if y'all don't, if y'all don't make a smart business move. And drop this album within the next two, three tops weeks. Y'all going to be contending with some stuff y'all not ready to fight with. And I don't care how much buying power, how much stand power, how many Shawals are supporting, how many uh, XOLs and citizens. I can never remember Wavy's fandom name. I'm so sorry, but I respect y'all. No matter how many of y'all are in the pocket. It ain't going to be enough because I think Beat has got one more album coming and Big Bang, ha- Big Bang has to do something, something, and Blackpink much the same. You got some bonafide heavy hitters. Got Seven is already on the scene right now. Monster X already made their release. I believe Newest is getting ready to come back. Some of these things you can kind of ebb and flow with, but y'all need to come on with it. And y'all need to come on with it, like, quickly. <laughs> because interest is going to to wane. The enthusiasm is going to, it's going to dip if they continue to make us wait and wait and wait. And we don't feel like there's any justified reason for said waiting. That's just my, my two cents into it, you know. Um, they forced Joppin on us. Joppin played a lot of times. I don't want to drop no more. I don't feel like Joppin is the best thing for me to do uh, the remainder of this month. If I could just, if I could avoid hearing Joppin, that would be great because it's going to end up evolving into the way I feel about Big Bang's Fantastic Baby and nobody wants that. And that's what I have to say. That's what I have to say, because everything that I thoroughly said is in a very long, very uh, colorful thread on my Twitter account. Well, my my K-pop Twitter account. So if you would like to check that out, then you can look for the link in the description of this episode. And let me go ahead and tie this up so that I can let you know some other important things. So let's go ahead and Hop over to something else. All right, listeners, if you hadn't heard, the episode immediately before this one put you up on some history of an album a day. We are days away from observing the one-year anniversary of the show. 
Now, for all intents and purposes, it's already passed. However, comma, we are going by the actual first publication date. So we are going to have a special episode coming up in May that's going to uh, more than likely be a live event. That way we have some really cool content to share with listeners. So I'm getting everything organized. You'll hear about it very, very soon in upcoming episodes. Uh, A couple of things that you need to know in terms of where we are starting and where we're heading. Uh, We're going to be starting tomorrow with a rookie roundup because there was a a girl group that I missed. They were not on my list and um, we still have a few months left in their first year. So we're going to talk about them and get into a more established girl group retired at this point for a minute. And we have another uh, great moments in production and delivery that is owed to you. And it is focused on twice. So it's going to be an eventful week. A lot of content that I need to prepare for and get everything all organized. But I'm excited to really give you some time to focus on some female artists. We spent so long in four men. That sounds so nasty. See, my brain, we spent a long time listening to four men (laughs) that I'm just, I'm looking forward to a break and I'm so excited to listen to some different things, share some different things with you. Hope you're excited too. Hope you're glad to be back. Please share the episode with other people. Let them know we're here. We're getting our history on and I will catch you all in the next episode. Bye y'all. Your favorite foreign Korean music historian exploring all the industry from A to Z. There are sponsored ads and social media hashtags, but this show is truly supported by the efforts of my McGuala's, the most amazing fan base a little entertainer could ever have. Special shout out to my Patreon patrons, the student body and the scholars who keep my vision of becoming your favorite Korean music historian exploring another industry from A to Z a real thing. If you're interested in supporting the growth of this podcast and supporting content, please visit patreon.com slash multifacetedacg. And for as little as $1 a month, you can get in on the magic too. Interested in continuing your support at the free 99 price? I love you for it. You can still engage with the show when you retweet, repost, and share the show and use hashtag A, the number three, and the word D-A-Y. You can also tag M-U-L-T-I-F-A-C-E-T-E-D-A-C-G to get my attention. And if you're listening to this podcast on a platform other than Anchor.fm, please leave a few stars or a review to keep things growing in the right direction.